1: Yeah. Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It's Sunday, April 9th. We finally got a little sunshine and some warm weather here in New York City. It's about time. And we kick today's show off with Sabotage by the Grace of the Witch. To me, metal doesn't get any better than that, this band, that era, and that time. And if you tell me otherwise, I have to take you to a back alley and show you who's right. I've I've been on such a Sabotage kick for like the last two weeks. I've gone through everything for the first three, four rounds, like nonstop every day. I, me personally, you know, after like Call of the Mountain King, I, I kind of fell out of favor with the band a little bit. I wasn't a big fan of Gunner ballet or then it started getting into the streets or rock opera and everything started changing with the band at that point in time. But those first four records are absolute classics in my opinion. Hey, we got a great show for everybody tonight. Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon is on and Stuart Lawrence from Igniter. So stick around. It's going to be a great show. We're going to keep the chit-chat to a minimum tonight because I'm still kind of getting over this hoarse voice of mine and uh, try to save it if I can. So how about we go through some assassin with the last man? Back in the day, Anchorage, Alaska, Snow White. They had such a killer EP out. I mean, I think it was more like a a 45 single, if I remember. I do believe I have it in my collection somewhere. I have to check it out. But they were a great band. That's New Messiah. That's all they ever did, and they all kind of uh, disappeared after that. I know I was in touch with the singer, Brian, on uh, Facebook, uh, but I haven't been able to send anything up with him. I would love to get him on the show to talk about the band in the early days. I'll keep working on it. You know, I always try to look for these classic cult underground bands and and put them on the show. Then you get them on there. Some of them have so much to talk about and they're just like so happy that people remember them. Then you get other ones that don't want to talk about anything. I don't know why they agreed to the interview, but they get on here, and it's like extracting teeth trying to get them to talk, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. All right, we're going to talk to Jarvis be in a few minutes. We actually did this interview already. It's pre-recorded. Uh, we'll get there on in a little bit, and Stu Lawrence from Ignite. We'll be calling in live. a little after 7 o'clock here Eastern Time. Uh, how about we jump into some Exciter? This is the song that the band covers, well, Attacker covers on the excited tribute record coming out real soon. Swords of Darkness. Man, Blackstar, out of Oklahoma. I don't think the band ever had an album out or any like official uh, recording. Uh, It was mostly demo tapes back then, but that song does appear on the Iron Tyrants compilation uh, from 1984. They were a great band. I I have a couple of their demo tapes. I don't think I ever got around to uh, taking them off a cassette and putting them on MP3, so I'm going to have to start working on that this week. Alright, let's get on something from Night Demon. We'll get on an older cut here and we'll go right into an interview with Jarvis. So sit back and relax. Hey, Jarvis. Hi. How you doing? This is Mike. Hey, good, man. Hey, What's going on? How you doing today?
2: I'm good. Uh, just uh, rocking and rolling in OKC.
1: <laughs> That's always a good way to live, huh? Yeah, man. Right. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a big year for the band. I mean, six years, seven years in, you've put out three amazing records. On top of that, you're like a kid in the classic metal candy shop. Jaguar, Sereth <laughs> uncle. Frost and fire. I mean, how does it get better than that?
3: Uh,
2: It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. But at the same time, you know, you got to put things in perspective. Um, It's a long road. You know, it's not nothing's overnight. I mean, shit. I drove. uh, Excuse me. Only what you have. I drove. I drove all night last night from Omaha to Oklahoma City. So I mean, I mean, we're still out here toughing it out. You know. And all these things have been a progression, you know, like I said, um uh, they just happened naturally, I mean, we've forced them nat- to naturally happen, but uh yeah. but you know uh yeah it's it's amazing, you know, like uh to think about it, you know, I mean the things you just said right now, it's like sometimes i uh to to say them all in the same breath is kind of uh yeah, it's a good life, man, it's a good life, but it's by design, and you know you gotta cre- you gotta go out there and create that phase, you know.
1: Absolutely. So I, I guess when you're driving for like 20 hours straight from one state in the Midwest to the next, it's not like Mark Wahlberg in the Rockstar movie, right?
2: No, no. And you know, funny <laughs> enough, I was an extra in that movie.
1: I didn't even know that. Were you?
2: I was an extra in that movie. I was in all the concert scenes. They had a. It was. They had a. They actually filmed that at the Arena. Um, and they had basically hired probably about 2,000 people. I was part of, like, this casting agency. I used to just do extra work, yeah. like, you know, when I wasn't playing music just because it was just easy money. You get free food and you just get to hang out all day and then you just stand you just stand in a movie scene or something, you know? So uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, so they, I got a casting call for that. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll totally go down. And what they did um, is they sold, like, the other like, – they sold, like, 10,000 tickets for, like, $10 a piece. the public to be in the movie, and what they did was they had had, uh, Megadeth, Great White, and Wasp play on that stage, so, like, every three hours, a band would play, and, like, that's how they kept the interest of the people, like, you know, to be honest, but it was like a 14-hour day, man, you know, so I saw all that stuff being filmed, it was interesting. So, anyway, that's just a side note on that. But, no, it's not like that movie, Rockstar.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think so. It's like, you know, we would say, Darkness Remains, what a solid record. I mean, you know, you've you've kind of, like, made it where the classic old-school metal guys from the 80s, like myself, and the kids that have been coming through the scene over the last kind of 15 years, you, know, you kind of brought them both together, because as classic as the music is, it's not dated, it's not old. And I hate to use the word modern, because it seems like, that's a bad word for metalheads. Yeah. But it, but yeah. it's new.
2: Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, we never set out to reinvent the wheel. It was never our intention. You know, and we're not trying to be trying to make this uh, groundbreaking new sound. You know, we have our own style in a way now, and our own kind of signature. I think we're we're being a little more we're more recognizable as a band, I guess you could say. Like when you listen to it, but uh. But, yeah, I mean, I really do appreciate that sentiment because it's not, again, it's not a new style of music, but it is original. I mean, it's original in the fact that we wrote it, you know. We're not, uh, it's just no, I mean, it's reminiscent of a lot of things, but there's definitely no plagiarism going on, you know. so and But all the cliches are there, you know, all the evil and darkness and, and stuff that people like. I mean, that's just the stuff that we like, you know, to be honest. And, like, our only goal as a band is not to, is not to go out and just be this total trendsetter. It's just to go out and inspire, you know, and 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 just do the things we like. Like we see other bands that we love, and and we pick them apart, even, you know, like just just personally. I mean, not publicly or anything, but I mean, just say, okay, here's what we love about this band. Here's what we don't like about this band. So let's let's make our band everything that we personally want to see in a band, and that's that's kind of the the way we've always. We've always looked at it So even with the stage production and everything We're like let's, give, let's just give people The experience of what, of what we would like to see You know And, and, and what we would like to listen to And let's, let's, let's go from there and see how that goes You know Yeah, yeah.
1: You know like I said A lot of people think things are handed to a lot of bands Because they see them moving along rather quickly They don't realize all the work that goes on Like you were saying earlier Like behind the scenes to make that happen And that is by mm-hmm. design D P came out in two thousand and twelve, you guys did that on your own. A couple of years later you signed the Steam Hammer Records. That's a big jump. Was it hard to get to that level that quickly?
2: Or was there a lot going you know, on in those three yeah, years? They came they came they came straight to us. You know, it was one of those things. They came straight to us. Um, but you know, I've been in thirty six bands. So, I mean, I don't know. I've done a lot of things in my life and like I guess it's just persistence with, with music in general and not giving up and just you know, uh, fine tuning your craft, you know, and, and with experience and stuff that, that stuff happens in life, you know, if you, if you stay that course and you become the, you know, one of the best at what you do, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's kind of how it, how it goes down. I mean, it was great for us for that new approach. It took a while, it took about a half year to get the deal done. Same thing with Century Media, you know, I mean, we really, we really were not we wanted to keep our publishing, you know, which thank God we did. Um. A lot of labels are not into that these days, and so we we chose to stay independent until until they they came to us again and again. You know, I mean, we that was really it. I mean, we were we weren't chomping at the bit to get that deal. It doesn't mean what it once meant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not you know before you know it, that was the goal, that was the dream. It's like oh, we got signed. But, you know, we're going to be whisked away into this mystical wonderland of. Caviar and shrimp and women and all this stuff, you know, and we're going to have mansions and all this stuff, you know, and that's just not, that's not the reality these days. And, you know, staying independent and having control over what you do, um, even on the financial side, can be way more beneficial, you know. Um, With that said, you know, we have a great partnership with Steam Hammer and with Century Media, So things are good, you know, but it's, it's, we're constantly communicating with them and we're not, we're never asking them for money. Like when we do, it's because we have something going on, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cooperation, you know, Um, we're out here doing our own thing and they leave us alone. It's cool. They have a, they have faith and trust in us. We hand in the albums and they're like, this is awesome. You know, they're not like, oh, I need to hear demos, I want to hear the progression, or you need to work with this producer, we want you to work with this artist. And it's like, you know, we have the vision, and we, we communicate with them. And, again, we just don't, we don't really ask them for anything. I, all of the, the record label stuff to us is just an added bonus, you know. I mean, that's really the way we look at it. You can't, you can't with all the artists on the roster and the bigger artists and stuff, you can't really ask you can't really ask for those things. but it's funny when you don't ask for those things and you're going out and you're kicking ass on your own, they start to do more stuff for you. You know, they, they take notice of that. And they're like, man, these guys are making our jobs so easy, you know, because the reality is we're one of the lowest paid artists on those rosters and we're one of the highest sellers, you know, like per capita yeah. really, especially for physical pop. you know, it's unbelievable. And, and it's good for us. You know, we're recouping our deals, We're not just continually borrowing money. We're like, they're paying us royalty, and that's the way it should be, you know?
1: Yeah. Do you think that's a problem with a lot of younger bands today, that they're so, you know, desperate or willing to want to sign to a label, even though, like you said, it doesn't offer what it did in the 80s. It's a whole different business now, but they jump so quickly that they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball right off the bat, and then sometimes it's hard to get out from that.
2: I agree. I, I think that's completely the truth. But again, it just comes—it comes down to it being naive and not having the experience, you know, and the excitement of the whole thing, you know. I mean, there's—I mean, just I—I I remember the first time somebody said they wanted to put out some of my music. I mean, just a small label. I was like, I cried,
3: you know. Yeah.
2: I was like, I literally cried. I was like, oh my god, the things that they're saying about me, and they want to do this. It was like, it was it blew my mind. I was like, this is everything that I've ever wanted, you know? Um, but again, like the experience factor, you, you start to learn a lot of things and you realize, I mean, we're at a point now where we could get signed to any label, you know? I never thought that would happen, you know? I yeah. never did, you know? So, um, but again, I mean, we're an asset, we're a commodity to, to the, to the industry right now because we're self-sufficient, you know? And that, to them, that's a dream, you know, because they're not going to have to develop us as an artist. They're not going to have to hold our hand through anything, you know. All they have to do is stamp their name on it, do some promotion for it, and the rest is is easy, you know. I mean, they, you know, if you do an interview request with them, they're like, cool, easy, and, you know, you know about the band, you know what's going on, it helps, you know. Instead of, you know, a lot of the younger bands, I mean, they're going to get questions like, okay, tell us about your band, you know.
3: What yeah, are you guys yeah, about? Exactly. You
2: know what, what's the angle here? You know what's the interest <laughs> point? Like this kind of thing, and that's just how it is. You know, but I think you know it's good to educate yourself about the... to make them.
1: Hey, Josh, I'm losing you there. Sorry, you hear?
2: Am I? Yeah, am I, I got. You. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. First. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, I continue to make mistakes, and I will continue to make them, but I try and learn from those mistakes and try not to repeat them.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a cycle of life. You know, Josh, I remember mm-hmm. a few years ago hearing you guys do the Axe Crazy cover by Jaguar, and then a few right. months back, I'm bouncing around on Facebook, and I see you in front of a microphone. I see the guys in Jaguar behind you. I'm like, holy shit, how did how did this happen?
2: <laughs> well, it happened from that song, believe it or not. Really? You know, it's like, a, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we – we covered that song, and it was released, and um, they had actually moved to Sweden at the time, and um, they had a manager from Sweden, and she had she had heard the song, and she was like, you know, had posted it on their Facebook page, you know, and I, and I kind of chimed in and said, wow, well, that's, a, that's a great honor, like, thank you guys for sharing that, you know, it's good to be able to... Uh, to, to be recognized by, by you know, one of all my biggest influences, vocally especially, and, uh, you know, and I, I made it a point to, to let them know that, like, hey, I wanted to send you these receipts that through the Harry Fox agency that I did actually, you know, I paid licensing fees up front and royalties to to you guys through a third party. Like, we're not just – Pirating your song You know Like yeah. I I went about it The right way You know And they respected that um, They never asked about it But they respected that You know And um, And so through that You know They had this This new singer Out of Sweden And uh, Things didn't really Pan out with him And so They had actually Approached me To, to join the band And I was like Whoa Like what So it, it, This was like One of those Moments in life Where You know I I, I like to not be one of those guys where I think that timing is everything, you know, I don't think so. I think, I think that, uh, I don't believe in luck much, you know, and, uh, but this was definitely one of those timing issues. You know, I was in the middle of a four month tour with night demon and, you know, they had moved back to the UK, but still, you know, I live in California. These guys live in, uh, in, in, in Bristol, England, you know, and, uh, yeah. and I, I just said, you know, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I don't want to hold you guys back. Um, I don't see how this is gonna work. So it was one of those things that was a bittersweet moment, but I was proud because I was able to turn down a dream situation because the the organization that I had created on my own from the ground up that had been inspired by these guys basically was doing so well and had such promise on the on the horizon, you know, that I had to stick with my guys and stick with my stick to my guns and continue on with this with this this journey, you know, and so that was very, very gratifying on, on that side of things, okay so a year and a half goes by they still have not found a singer and they approach me again, this time I'm in Europe, like in the middle of a Night Demon tour, and and, you know, I just said, guys I really I man, I really want to do this badly, you have no idea I just don't see how this is going to work you know, and at this point, Night Demon's doing even better, you know so they said, "You know what? screw this we're over this. we're never going to find the right guy. we're going to fold the band. we're just going to quit it's over it's done it's been thirty five forty years it's over. you know, and at that point, I was like, Well, hold on a second, just wait, 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 one minute. you know instead of just quitting let's what what do you guys have going on? what's on the books? you know Cause they were books for all these festivals, and they kept having to cancel them so yeah. They had this show coming up in, in Sheffield, England, that HRH Exorcist Rocket, which was like, you know, two days of like insane new ever British heavy metal bands. And I was like, man, I want to go there just to go see it, you know. But so they said, we have this gig. And I said, okay, I, I'm i totally available in that time of the year. And I will, I will come out, you know, and do the show. So they flew me out. I met the drummer literally on stage. I'd never met him before. So we, the band hadn't rehearsed or anything. I knew I know all the songs, you know, and, and they had sent me a set list in the past. They had changed some things live through the years, but I said, look, I just know these from the albums, so let's try and just kind of – I felt like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future when he gets <laughs> on stage. You know, I was like, all right, guys, Power Games, follow me for the changes, you know. like it, I was like directing the whole thing. It was brilliant, yeah. you know. And so, man, it was just, we kicked ass, like, we were just in the zone, and th- before we even walked off stage, you know, Gary was like, hey, are, do you want to in? And I was like, yeah, I want to do this, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, thankfully, with those guys and with Sir Thumble and stuff, those guys work around Night demon schedule, and they're totally cool with that. You know, they're legacy acts, they're festival acts, you know, they're, they don't, they're not touring bands. Um, and so it's worked out very, very well, and I couldn't be happier about it, and I think it was worth the wait, and things happened for the right reason because of that, and um, patience is definitely a virtue.
1: <laughs> oh, we're out of doubt. I mean, it's like if Night Demon doesn't leave its mark on this scene as it will, I mean, just the fact that you sort of resurrected the series, I mean, that there alone, I mean, people <laughs>
2: point that to you. I mean, from the fourth I mean, to I,
1: five, and everything else are doing now.
2: I mean, that's that's probably um, to date the greatest accomplishment of my life is getting those guys back together. But I have to attribute all of that to the success of Night Demon. I mean, without the success of Night Demon, um, it would have never happened. No, No doubt, no doubt. You know, I've known those guys for a long time, and they – they, they they were so disenchanted with the idea of it. I mean they were just sick of the music industry. They hadn't played not only had they not played together in 25 years. They hadn't played music in 25 years. They hadn't picked up an instrument. They were just like screw rock and roll. It's just a it's a losing game and it it ruined my life, you know. And um with the success of night demon, they started to see us like never home. You know, they're like, Hey, what's going on? Let's go to dinner. Let's have some drinks. Let's hang out. And it's like, we're not home. We're not here. You know, where, where are you guys? We're living the rock and roll dream. And they're like, well, that's what we always wanted to do. You know, like we're so envious of you guys. And I'm like, listen, you have, I've been trying to explain it to you guys. I've traveled the world. I've seen, the demand for this band you know they always thought i was exa highly exaggerated you know yeah. so i started to send them photos man like tattoos all this unlicensed merchandise like all kinds of shit and i was just like look um if anything do it for the money you know <laughs> like like yeah. you know because we can do this you know um, that is not the reason that they're doing it, by the way. Um, it really, it's not. I mean, they put a lot of money back into the band. It's like it's not even a thing. But um, but so that's kind of how it all, it all started. And so I did the first Frost and Fire Festival, and I just had them do an autograph signing. Some of these guys hadn't seen each other for decades. So it was just a great way for them to reconnect. And they saw fans fly out from all over the world just to meet them. That's it, just to meet them. And I said, you guys understand now, right? Like, there's something here. So, you know, they were very reluctant still after that for months. And um, what I did was I kind of tricked them, honestly. um, Robert hadn't (laughs) played drums for 25 years. He said he would never, in 92, he said, I will never touch a pair of drumsticks again in my life. And he didn't. Like, Ten years ago, his wife bought him a pair of drumsticks, like, as a stocking stuffer for Christmas, and he still wouldn't touch them. He refused to touch them. He made her grab them and put them, like, way up in the closet, like in the spare bedroom, right? Yeah. So so one day, I convinced him to play drums. So he's like, okay. So I had to go over to the house, grab the sticks. He still wouldn't touch them. I got him to the night team rehearsal studio, and I sat him at Dusty's kit, and I gave him the sticks. And I just said, here, man, just go at it. And I left the room, and he jammed for about an hour. It sounded like Animal playing drums, like Animal <laughs> from the Muppet. Really, it yeah. was like it was like a little kid, like, like just complete, like no coordination. Like Your it God, had it. gone. It had gone. It had gone. <laughs> but I could tell he was getting reacquainted with it, and there was a spark in his eye about it. So I said, okay, listen, no pressure. Why don't you come next week? um to the night demon rehearsal and me you know we'll 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 play like frosted fire and like i'm alive or something like we'll 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 be the band just play drums with us you know just go go home and get reacquainted with those songs and just see if you can do it you know and he agreed to that so i called jimmy jim barraza the guitar player from paradise lost and i said hey jimmy you want to come down to the Night Demon studio and just jam a couple songs, you know? And he's like, man, he's like, I'd really like that. That'd be, that sounds like a lot of fun. So he said, cool, let's, you know, learn Frost and Fire and I'm alive. Just kind of relearn them and come down. So he shows up and Rob's there behind the drum kit. I didn't tell them each that that they were each coming over, you know? And they're like, oh, hey, you know, and they kind of had some beef that goes back for years and stuff, you know? But it was, once we started playing, it was like, smiles and hugs and it was squashed and I hadn't heard one word about it since, you know. So it I mean, more than anything, it's given these guys a new lease on life, you know. I mean, it's it's complete redemption. It's funny. We're on tour with Anvil right now, okay? Yeah. And you know, I know you've seen the Anvil movie, you know their story. If I made a movie about Uncle, it would blow that shit out of the water. You know? I Why mean, don't you really but I gotta would. do it? You ought to to not do it. You should do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, they're not interested in it. I think they want, they don't want their personal lives on display like that, you know? Yeah. And it's for, and I've seen what it's done for Anvil. It's made them more, uh, celebrity than, uh, than a respected heavy metal legacy act, you know? True. True. So True. I'm just saying there are these things, you know, these guys are so interesting and they're so unique as individuals, you know, I'm glad to be living that movie, you know? Um, but I did trust me, I did bring it up, and I've talked to production crews like i I brought it up. We are making a short like a a more um uh, retrospective it's 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 not a, an an invasive documentary you know what i'm saying we yeah, but we are about the we man. are com- we are compiling footage from the shows and from some of the travel and you know we have some interviews and stuff but um, it's going to be more, you know, it's going to be more controlled by the band and what, basically, the image that we want to portray, you know, and not, not the not the um, the side of a documentary filmmaker that follows you around for three years and goes to your job and sees you eat breakfast and stuff like this and go, man, these guys are normal guys. Oh, hey, these guys are really weird. Or, hey, they're really eccentric. Or, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, yeah. The, the kind of the interest piece and the spin on it that makes things interesting, and I totally understand that side of it. But, you know, my job, is to protect the legacy of this band and i need to keep that always in my focus versus exploiting the band you know and mm-hmm. i think things are really good right now with them and i think uh, the overall popularity of the band being back has a great vibe to it and you know they're headlining festivals the money is great like everything about it is good i don't think that i think if i did it in, in that way of an anvil way of the it would bring them more into like a celebrity side of things, and it would be more of a piece for people that are not in the heavy metal. You know, I mean, really, that was the success of that. It wasn't for metalheads. You know, it was for people like it was like here's the real Spinal Tap. You know, and I could exactly. easily make Sarah Thungle look like that. They can make themselves look like the trust. You know, but but that's not what we want. You know, I mean, we we're these are these are the these are the kings. You know. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the way they need to be looked at, you know? Uh,
1: absolutely. Being such a fan of the band from the first record when I bought that album when it came out, they're finally going to get to see them live here in New York. They're playing at the Defenders of All Festival yes. in uh, June. Oh my God. It's like a dream come true.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's you know, and so here's these guys who, like, not only have they never played in New York, these guys have never even been to New York, you know? And so. it's just like, it's like, okay, we got to go to the Statue of Liberty first. And I'm like, ah, guys, you don't really (laughs) want to do that. We'll see it from the plane. Trust you. No, I want to go outside of it. I'm like, dude, this is like the most boring day of your life. I've done it. You know, like, you know, uh, in June too, we don't want to be outside on that boat, you know? So like, but, uh, but, no, it's just great, man. It's a good, like I said, it's a whole new lease on life, you know. And Robert's wife even told me, she's like, you know, this really, like, it like it saves his life, you know. It really did. He was just, he was not happy with things, you know. Um, and the way everything ended, and he would never get over it, and he's very bitter about it, you know. And now they they have the opportunity for a complete and total redemption. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And it has been happening, so uh, like again, this is like one of the greatest accomplishments, if not the greatest of my, of my own personal life. It was, I mean, this was something that was never going to happen. I've had festival promoters in in Europe for years, you know, talking to me about it and saying, you're like the closest person to this, but, I'm, but we know it's not going to happen. And we've tried, and we've offered insane amounts of money and we've tried for the last 15, 20 years and we know it's never gonna happen, so stop telling us that it is because you're full of it, basically. And I'm like, No, I'm telling you, I'm never gonna give up on this and I will make it happen, you know. So I'm very I'm very satisfied with it.
1: We're all glad that you did because you know what? It's gonna give a lot of people who never got to see the band live that opportunity now. But more important than that, you know, Charles, I'm not gonna keep. It. I know you got a lot going on. You no, guys no, are in the row and able to win, the next week or two, and then that tour ends.
2: Yes, and then we go to Europe, which uh will be you know we is gonna meet us out there too um so we're playing the the first ever European show for Surtungle, you know um and yeah, so that's where it's gonna be good. Europe's gonna be great, we have a lot of festivals, a lot of club dates, we get a break after defenders, I think we're off for a month and then we're back at it, so not much not much rest this year, you know. Uh, But it's okay, you know. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we're here to do. It's become life, you know. And, um, you know, no complaints on our end, you know. I mean, we're not complainers. A lot of crap happens to us daily, you know. We don't talk about that stuff. There's so many great things to talk about all the time, you know. So um, every day is, is a little progression for us. It's a baby step. And, again, like, you know, you talk about young bands and inexperienced bands and stuff. And I think that's the main thing that you know I would tell any any young musician or anybody who wants to get into this first I would say don't do it <laughs> or I would say no, go to college or something you know like don't just do it for the right reasons don't do it cuz you want to be famous don't do it for 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 don't do it because one day you don't want to do anything you know stuff like this like you got to do it for the love of the game and you know Nothing great happens overnight, and if something does, it's usually a bad sign because you're not prepared for that kind of success. You know, sure. so it's it's just funny, like the, like you said, you know, when we started this interview, I mean, just just the things you said in one sentence, like I never really thought about it like that. You know, I mean, I, I it's but when you hear when you take it in all at once, it's pretty overwhelming. You know, it, it really is but for me it's just been a, it's been a daily movement of it and these things uh you know they happen when when they're when you're ready for them to happen and uh and then you're just there you know like you lift your head up and you look back on the years and you're like wow man like it's pretty pretty impressive it's pretty satisfying to to so to be told no your whole life and still be here part of uh, not only um creating your own fortune and keeping the scene alive, and creating scenes where they don't exist, but also to be able to resurrect certain bands that you love and be a part of them and actually be performing with them, too. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know? So next year, I mean, 2018, my goal is to have new records out by Jaguar, and Land, 19. Um, and that's kind of what I'm shooting for right now.
1: It's going to be an amazing year. Hey, Jarvis, I can't thank you enough, man, for talking with me today and taking the time out of your schedule. You have a great show
2: tonight, and I'll see
1: you guys when you come to New York in June with Sarah.
2: Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the new record. I appreciate that. We worked really hard on it, and um, can't wait to play some of these songs for you live.
1: Uh, it's going to kill. Darkness Remains, April 21st on SteamHammer, man. You did a great job on it.
2: Thank you, my friend. We'll see you soon, all right?
1: You got it. Take care, buddy. Talk soon.
2: All right. See you.
1: Night Demon and Sarah Dungle coming to Defenders of All Festival in Brooklyn, New York this June. I believe Takers are still on sale right now. I don't think it's uh, close to selling out yet, but uh, if you want to go, grab yourself a set because last year's did sell out pretty quickly. All right, we have Stuart Lawrence, the Bat Lord from Igniter, calling in in about 10 minutes or so. We'll get on one or two more tunes between now and then. I saw that the new Quiet Rising, uh, I forget his name, that kid from America and I was saying that the new album shaping up to be. A kick ass album. The album was technically already released. They pulled it back so they could re-record the vocals with the new singer on there. And I think we played a song from that record when we when I first got my promo copy of it. The album absolutely sucks. It sounds nothing like Quiet Right in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't know who wrote the music for this one, uh, but it's really a piece of shit record. I got to be honest with you, and I don't think it's going to get any better with this kid singing on it. But I got to check and see if I still have. Uh, had any of that music uploaded I'll check it a little bit And if we do maybe we'll play as much of it As we can tolerate uh, <laughs> Before the end of the show But let's jump into one more tune And then we should be ready right after that For the Bat Lord How about Thor Keep the dogs away I remember getting that record when it first came out. Actually, I was at a show. I don't remember where it was, but they were throwing out promotional copies of the record. And became a big fan of those guys until they went all pirate on us and changed. All right. That was recalling in any minute. Uh, let me see. Uh, what was I going to talk about? You know what? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was Black Sabbath. Uh, the end is never the end because it looks like they're going to get together and record a blues record. I mean, they've earned the right to do what they want to do. But when you say you're gonna retire, you're gonna pack it in and it's over, and you're charged absorbing the fees for everything to get people to come out. Just retire. Even Black Sabbath, just retire. Don't say you're gonna do it. They come out with something new. And the funny thing is that people are gonna buy this record like crazy. They complain that you know they didn't realize it was a blues record. They thought it was gonna be another Black Sabbath heavy metal record. But that is the shit that happens, right? Nothing more I can say about that All right, uh, I wanted to get on Lovell's Blade last week Uh, Pete Lovell who was with the band Pitcher for a long time uh, He has a solo record I keep forgetting if we Every week I say I'm going to get it on I don't remember if we played or not And then the next week comes around And we go through the same vicious cycle All over again So I will have to check and find out but I know uh, John was talking about The Excited. They are working on the new record. The new Excited record will be out at the end of this year, and I'm looking forward to that. It's been decades since we've had an album with the original lineup, and I'm sure it's going to kick ass. So we'll get Dan back on the show uh, when it gets a little closer to coming out. All right, I believe we have the Bat Lord on the line right now. Let's connect him, and let's get this interview going. Sto, is that you? Am I unmuted? Uh, that's me? me. Yeah, you're on the air now. How exciting. Can I uh, cut? Uh, is that allowed? Yeah, everything's allowed on this show
0: Neat That's so uh, fucking yep. awesome
1: it, There you go Feel free to save <laughs> as much as you Oh, want. that
0: felt so good too Man, that felt really good. good
1: It makes you feel more manly, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it is I feel one inch taller already
1: <laughs> I'll take one inch longer in the other direction I'll be happy But, you know, we all can get one mm-hmm. inch
0: Oh, you know how it is it's not you the size of your me. pencil. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the darkness of your of your lead. No, that's, that's probably not. Nah,
1: nah, I've tried all those expressions on my wife. None of them work, so maybe yours would be better if you can remember it. Uh, all
3: right. <laughs> all right. How are you doing, hey, look,
1: sir? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Listen, been a fan of the band for a very long time, and I hope that you know, you're calling in tonight to tell me that there's something new cooking since the mixed tape breaking, which was quite a few years ago.
0: Yeah, uh, we do have uh, a uh, brand-new full-length record uh, that we just finished uh, uh, mixing. Uh, The title of the album is going to be called Haunted by Rock and Roll, and uh, it's going to come out on uh, Dave Elson's, if I'm saying his name right, you know that guy that played in that little band called Megadeth?
1: Yeah, I heard guy. of that guy. I heard of that guy. He, he, I don't know.
0: I, I, he's been around, I think. But uh, but no, he uh, he's going to put out a record, and we're super duper stoked about it.
1: That's great. You'll be on an EMP label with him. Do you get a free bag of coffee with that deal?
0: A bit, an offer?
1: I no, the I, offer I've... that
0: he'd put it out. i
1: <laughs> what? No, I was saying do you get a free bag of his coffee with that offer to put the record out? Oh, a bag a
0: bag of coffee. Oh, that'd be sweet. I like coffee in the morning. I like coffee all the way up to about noon and then I kinda switch to beer. But uh I, I I don't know. Jason was the mastermind behind setting up that this record deal, so he's probably gonna get the bag of coffee.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Jason's been to bed for a couple of years now, since the Spider Queen record. Uh mm-hmm. I mean I, it's been a pretty consistent lineup. One or two guys come out here and there, but basically, you know, the two or three, you've been going at it now for quite some time. Do you feel it's a consistent thing right now where, you know, you're all kind of on the same page with everything?
0: Oh, well, we're in the most, we're, we're the most on the same page. That the, the, we did have uh, a little bit of a lineup change a little while ago when uh, Beverly Barrington uh, left. Uh, she was a rhythm guitar player and Brendan Bigelow left as bass player and uh and then we got uh my buddy uh uh Billy Chainsaw uh who I've been playing uh with in Agony Column for years and uh and then uh uh my friend uh Robert Williams uh who's like the most metal guy I know uh I'd recorded uh his band Witches Mark I also recorded another band of his like a million years ago when he was literally like he was like twelve or something. He had hair down to his ass. I was like, "You're cool," but yeah. uh, it was a bad. It, it was uh, what was a service. That was the name of the band. But they were kind of horrible. But what do you expect? They were just little kids. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I, I remember working with Robert in uh, with uh, Witches Mark. And uh, we needed a rhythm guitar player, and he was he he was a fun guy, and he knew a lot about metal, and he lo- really likes to drink beer, which is like probably my second or third favorite thing to do. So it's like, why don't you be in my band, and we can just talk about metal and drink beer together, and it will save a lot of time. Yeah,
1: is that a problem keeping people in a band today? Well,
0: I mean, maybe uh sometimes you can't get rid of them fast enough. <laughs> uh well, I, like when uh uh Igniter first formed and we had uh uh Erica Tandy uh singing for us uh you know working with her was great because she, she's a tremendous singer uh you know and, and, you know everything that she did was really really cool but it it turned out that even though she's a fan of power metal, uh, you know, which was what we were trying to do certainly back then. Uh, that's not really what she wanted to do musically as far as like her band. She wanted to do stuff a lot harder, you know, like pretty, yeah. pretty brutal, ugly stuff. And so, uh, so she eventually, I guess just reached a point where she I can't do this anymore. Uh, and I think it's just, just cause she's, she's an authentic person and she didn't want to be like phoning it in or anything. So, uh, uh, so she she quit, and uh, and of course now she's in a band called Morgan Growl, which is uh, super heavy, super angry sounding. We, I, I'm not that angry of a person unless I run out of beer. Yeah. So,
1: but <laughs> no. well, she named the band after herself. It's a little narcissistic, but that's all right.
0: Oh, it's fine.
3: <laughs> I, I mean,
0: I I made up my own nickname, Batlord, and, and it's worked for me for years.
3: <laughs>
1: That's all right. When she did leave the band, were you looking to replace her with, with the, you know, with another female singer? Were you looking to go in a different direction, or was Jason kind of the best of both worlds when he was teasing and pleasing?
0: Well, when she, when she quit, I was just like, oh, we're fucked, because Sarah's, uh, I mean, for as many cool uh, classic heavy metal singers that have come out over the years from Texas. There was, you know, the, the Austin is not a super metal town, and uh, and there's just not a lot of people that sing like that around here. Yeah. And uh we we actually couldn't we didn't find the singer for two years after she quit, and uh, it was I started to realize once people started like, well, I guess I'm not going to come to practice anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, this band <laughs> is about to evaporate. So uh, I. It's the first time I've ever done this, uh, but I, like, wrote uh, the Spider Queen, like, all of it, lyrics, everything. I just wrote a whole album, and, it, and I wrote it all in, like, maybe two months. There might have been one song or something that took was outside of that, but I wrote it real fast, and I said, okay, you guys got to start learning this, because I just needed to keep people busy until we could find somebody. But the good thing was, was that I was, I'm in a Judas Priest tribute band with Jason, and, uh, and so, uh, he was coming over to rehearse cause we were just rehearsing my studio and, uh, and, you know, he knew about this record I was working on and he'd be like, so you haven't found a singer yet? I was like, No, we had a few, pe- like we, we worked with a few or not worked with, but like tried out a few people and it was just completely disastrous. We couldn't find anybody with any kind of legitimate metal in their soul it was really yeah. weird but uh anyway so he i think he just took pity on me <laughs> like wow that's, that's <laughs> the saddest story i've ever heard so he said well so he said well i'll sing on your record it's like yes okay you know and it's like a shark we got to keep moving and then once he started working on it i just said he's just like fuck it i'll just be in this band why not and so he's been in it ever since
1: yeah. Was it important to find people that, like, you know, live near each other so you can get together to rehearse or were you willing to, you know, maybe go outside of the state or even outside of the country like a lot of people do and kind of go digital with a lot of it?
0: Well, everybody lives here. I'm very old-fashioned in the – I mean, I, I certainly have worked on recording projects that have involved uh, people from far away. Uh, but as far as being a real band uh, – you know, it needs to be people that I can look them in the face and tell them that they're sucking uh you know we, we i just want to work with people, and also I just wanna play shows and uh and if it's even if it's just a dumb local show that you know there's only gonna be the same you know forty five forty five year olds uh that <laughs> come to every single show you know it's just it's i just feel weird about the whole uh you know just getting together for you know uh uh fests and stuff like that you know, it, it, I just think it's hard to keep up the enthusiasm
3: Yeah,
1: is it hard to get shows still and, and get planned? I mean, I, I see you got a couple of things coming up with Agony Column, but what about Igniter? Is it difficult with Jason being in like 45,000 other bands and you got the other band also? Uh, not so much, I
0: mean, it's always, in any band, it's always a problem to book any fucking show because somebody has something to do uh, but for the most part, everybody uh, in Igniter right now is kind of making it a priority. Uh, the nice thing about Jason is that his his own – I mean, he's always been in lots of bands. He's probably only in about maybe five right now. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I think that Igniter is, is, is high up on his priority list. I mean, his only other priority band is uh, – uh, broken teeth, and then maybe his uh, his Metallica uh, tribute. Uh, they play a lot, but you know, for him, that's just he only does that entirely for fun, you know. And stuff yeah. For any other reason.
1: Well, you know, the last thing you guys put out was a mixtape '85 album where you cover a lot of classic, you know, uh, metal songs from back in the day, but most of the songs right. are from '83. So, did you ever think about calling it mixtape '83?
0: Yeah, well, we we did, but it was. Uh, well, I was actually going to call it Mixtape 84. That, that okay. was my original plan. But then uh, Jason uh, said, hey, let's put this Exodus song on there. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And I was like, wait a minute, that's 1985. <laughs> so I just, I just changed it. It was like, well, fuck it, I don't care. I mean, the whole <laughs> idea of the tape was uh, was all of the songs, except for uh, the Exodus song, which uh, you know, I'm all about Exodus, and I don't have a problem. But I was specifically all of those songs – uh, other than the Exodus song, were songs that I always put on mixtapes uh, yeah. in 1984. You know, like, and whenever I make a mixtape for myself to drive around, uh, regardless of what the other songs were, uh, those other songs would always be on it. And uh, but then, yeah, Jason fucked it all up and it had to be 1985 <laughs> because he's like, well, people will people will riot in the streets if we call it '84, and they're like,
1: hey, this came out in '85. <laughs> that makes sense I tell you, I love the cover of Death Rider from Anthrax That is such an awesome cover of that song Go to Anthrax oh, Favorite version of Anthrax
0: My favorite what?
1: Version of Anthrax With all the different singers
0: Oh, oh the original
3: uh,
0: Yeah uh, Fist, uh, Fistful of Metal is, is Is one of my favorite albums of all time I've listened to that thing A billion times uh, uh, and and it, and it 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 had a real uh a real cementing of my my metal is what I want to do, yeah. Uh, because um uh like I was like, like when I moved to Austin, I wanted to be a punk rocker. I later found out there wasn't really any future in that, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, but that was really, I lived in Fort Worth uh, which is a super hicky redneck town. It's a big town but it's it's super hicky. It's called Cowtown. When you live there, people say, hey we're in Cowtown Yeah. But uh uh but then I found out that there were punk rockers in, in Austin and so all you know, pretty close to the minute, if not maybe fifteen minutes later, like after I graduated from high school I moved I moved to Austin. And uh and it was great because I got to see a lot of kick ass local punk rock bands like the dicks and uh you know the uh, well uh the offenders uh you know all, all kinds of really cool big boys all kinds of super fun bands uh and uh and i and and i was definitely really uh that was what i wanted to do until uh uh kill em all came out and one of my punk rock friends said hey you need to check out this record and i was like Oh, my God, that's the most awesome thing i ever heard in my life. So I immediately started growing out my hair and trying to learn how to play guitar for real <laughs>
3: <laughs> just
0: because uh, that, that was – that was, it was quite impressive. Absolutely. Uh, wait, where – what
1: was your question? I don't remember yeah, I got, know, how I, I got I, here. I, don't remember. I, I think we started talking about Anthrax. <laughs> we went off to that, Oh, oh okay. anyway. Oh,
0: Oh, so – but that was uh, – but so those um, – uh, what was that fucking label? Uh, uh, Megaforce. Yeah, you know it's just like you get you go to the record store and and I mean all the album covers look cool, but I would just turn around and like say what what's on Megaforce or, you know and, uh, but well actually was that album on Megaforce?
1: Yep, the first one, one was album?
0: yeah 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 yeah. Anyway, so like I got that one and uh, and I really liked the the super classic but really fast sound that they were going for. Uh and uh and and I certainly liked them after uh what's his name came in after they changed over but for some reason it wasn't quite the same to me I I I, I liked them better when they were more studs and leather sounding you know than just you know short pants and backwards caps you know
1: Yeah yeah well that, that's what Anthrax is famous for whatever trend comes into town they're gonna jump on that trend and ride it for as long as they can till it's out of favor. And go on with the next one, and, and that's one of the right. things that I love about your band is that there's no false aspiration with your band. You're a you're a rock, you're a metal band, and you show it in every song and word. You know, every word that you write. I mean, there's nothing fake about it.
0: Oh well, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, we try to be. I mean, authentic. I mean, it's it is. It, you know, at the end of the day, it is a a form of entertainment. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but you know, I I, I have particular uh needs in my entertainment and that 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 involves fairly classic sounding, you know, metal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well the new record you're working on, I mean, is it sort of a follow-up to the of uh, the Metal Tiger or have you experimented a little bit gone off in a different direction or or done anything differently?
0: No, it, it's it's uh it's I I would say it's it's really similar in its vein to uh uh the metal tiger it uh yeah it's it's just a follow up it's yeah. it, i don't think much has changed at all we do uh, uh originally this was just going to be a, a a bonus disc that we gave out uh in Chicago at oh fuck what's the name of that fest that we played there
1: The Ragnarok good Ragnarok-er, yeah sorry
0: yeah. thank you uh, i drink a lot and i forget a lot of things
3: that's right but, that's what uh, i'm here for
0: <laughs> But uh, uh, we ended up wanting to put it it's – it's a cover of Hung, Drawn, and Quartered by Raven, so that's going to be on there, at least in the American release. We probably won't do it in Europe because we have to pay more money for uh, you know, royalties, and yeah. we'll keep that to a minimum.
1: I, I think you could just send John Gallagher a couple of T-shirts and a six-pack, and he'll be fine.
0: Oh, really? Is that all it takes? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. well, I guess before I buy more b- Buy more mechanicals You know from com, I'll just send him some beer and a shirt And see hey we cool yeah.
1: You're in business <laughs> He's happy just to get the recognition I, They're fine with that Cool <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Knowledge is power See you learn something new every day in this world It's an amazing place to be in It is Yeah well with the new record I mean I guess you guys did this all on your own right you recorded it on your own you're gonna put it out on your own and then have uh EMP kind of distribute it for you
0: right that's exactly I mean as far as I can tell uh, uh is that's how the world works now like uh you know there's no more uh record advances and I mean at least in my world there there isn't it's like you make a record uh by yourself and uh and then you t- try to find out if anybody wants to put it out and if then if you're lucky someone does and then it' you know and then it 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 yeah. runs along, but also you know you don't really ever get any money up front you know you might be able to get some support you know out of the label uh to some degree, but still it's it's always gonna be on your dollar, and you know it's 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 every man for himself
1: yeah. Much. It's it's a shame because you know you hear about like how metal's been making this comeback over the last ten years, and a lot of classic bands that broke up have gotten back together. A lot of new bands that are you know really putting out good music are forming, and this is like everything's going full circle except for the getting paid by the record label and the royalties and the money part. Yeah. That just keeps going in yeah. the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's no there's there I, it there's no money in it. You know, I don't know, and that's that's you know my problem is that. You know, I I just want to do it for fun, and so I keep doing it. Uh, You know, I don't really know. I I can't really think of another way to entertain myself, so, you know, I just keep doing it. But, uh, you know, it was was certainly easier to rationalize stuff with my wife when there was money
1: coming in. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now it's just this uh, kind of expensive and time-consuming hobby.
1: Well, when you think about it when the band got started around 2003, that was sort of the beginning of like the iTunes era. I mean, it really hasn't been an explode at that time. It was just kind of taking off. People are actually still buying records, not at least, you know, getting them from these illegal sites like Napster. But like over the last right. 10 to 12 or 13 years, I mean, have you gradually seen the changes going on where it's getting harder and harder to push a physical copy or maybe a full download online?
0: Oh, well, yeah, it's getting impossible. The only thing that recently seems like it's. It's rebounded a bit is vinyl that there there seems to be now people are becoming more you know vinophiles or or whatever you want to call them that they, they certainly uh uh there's a there's not uh what am I trying to say there's a significant proportion of people that will buy vinyl, yeah. And so we're probably gonna try to get our next album out on vinyl and uh and and try to see what that's all about you know we certainly are our last well there's been a couple albums that have come out extremely limitedly on vinyl and uh and they seem to have sold but that was all you know money in the in the the manufacturer's pockets not not ours but uh, is
1: that is that a reason maybe to try and invest in putting it out on your own with the vinyl, if you could sell the vinyl, because I mean, I see bands selling vinyl records for twenty, twenty-five bucks a pop, and they seem to be going like you know, like how vinyl people are using it as artwork or what. But you know, it's 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 great that it's making money, but it should make money for the bands, like you said, not the distributors or the labels.
0: Right. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, some people I think buy, do kind of buy them just because they're objects to art. But uh you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I like playing records, and and I play records at home simply because I have a bunch of records that I don't want to have to go out and buy
3: a new you know, a
0: digital <laughs> version of, you know, so that's that's a reason to do it. Uh, it, it, it is a little bit more of a ritualistic experience uh, playing some vinyl, uh, you know, as opposed to just like hitting go on, you know, whatever, Spotify or something. Uh, even though obviously if you're super lazy like me, hitting go on Spotify, it can be kind of interesting and gratifying. Yeah, our new actually the cover of uh our new album, uh, Haunted by Rock and Roll is uh is a photograph of a of what looks kind of like a a uh it's like an altar and it's yeah. like this it's just all studs and spikes and bullet belts and everything, and it all is surrounding a turntable. It's <laughs> Technique's <laughs> turntable I have, and it's like a million candles and shit like that. And uh, uh, so, uh, so uh, that's that's you know we were trying to go with that 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 ritualistic feel, you know that because that was that was kind of neat when you're a kid. Uh, well, when we were kids, I don't know now how children i have two children i don't understand anything about them but uh <laughs> uh except they like they like sweet stuff and chocolate i'll tell you i understand that but uh uh but when i was a kid like you get like you know like a kiss record and there are these guys and they're like you can't really see their faces you know, and it's just like, is this a witch's coven? This seems really evil. And you listen to it, and and, and it's just like, yeah. what the hell is going on here? You know, you try to get your head around it, and and it's very mysterious. And 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 you know, you you, you know, later you find out that <laughs> they're completely ordinary people. You know, but but it, it was kind of fun at the time. And you know, I, I wish that that you know, the mystique of rock and roll could come back. But you know, I don't know in the in the in the this world, this information age we live in, uh, where you know, you you get to see what I just ate, you know, on Facebook because I'm like, hey, oh, this is good. I'll take a picture of it. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, there's no mystery.
1: That, that you're true. That that is the big thing for me. I mean, you know, nineteen seventy five I could have sworn Gene Simmons was the Antichrist until I found out he was Jewish. It didn't work that way, but you know
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just, that's how you caught it. You know, I remember buying all my records where that one had like the most naked girl on the cover is the one I bought when I was a kid before I know what the Huda yeah. bands were. You know, that's just the way it went.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I
0: wonder what Gene Simmons ate tonight. I should uh, check Facebook.
1: Well, I, I know it wasn't Sharon Tate, but it could be somebody else. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. have to find out. Hey, Val, I'm gonna have to cut you cut you loose in a few minutes because I want to get on a couple of tunes and the show's about to wrap up. But what do you have coming up? Like you know, anything in the near future with Ignite or even with Agony Column? Uh,
0: we just played. Uh, Will was weird. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done this, but this Friday. I just played a show with Igniter and Agony Column. Nice, and uh, and so that was kind of fun. That was uh, I would, it was funny. I was a little worried. It was like, man, leather's hot, and that sounds like playing for a long time. But uh, <laughs> but the night well, Igniter played before Agony Column, and so I you know in Agony Column I don't wear leather and you know, that shit. It's just a t-shirt and jeans,
3: but. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, so I got to strip down and all my gear was already set up. So, you know, I, I got to relax for a minute and then, and I, I was actually kind of impressed. Like I, I had a, I had a lot of energy and it was fun. And for the first time, and I don't remember how long I was like warmed up because every other time I've ever played a show, it's just like,
3: like okay, I'm working on it,
1: dude. right. <laughs> Uh, well, that's great, man. Well, listen, Batlord, I appreciate you calling in tonight, talking with us. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the new record, man. It's like going to be another masterpiece. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You have a lovely night. You too. Take care, buddy. Good talking to you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Mr. Stuart Lawrence, the Batlord from Igniter. Let's go back to the last studio record the band had out. Here's Raiders from the Void. Obsession. Love those guys. Killer Elite out of Connecticut. Hopefully we'll get a new obsession record one day, but we are getting a new Mike Vascara record really soon. So I guess I'll have to tie us over until the obsession thing comes about. All right, we're almost done here. Hey, next week's show is brand new, uh, but it's not gonna be live because it's Easter Sunday and you know, we take off the holidays and spend time with the family. So uh it will be a new show but uh, it will be uh, pre-recorded. I believe we have Dan Cleary from Striker on, and I interviewed somebody else from another band who was about the least talkative person in the world, but I'll throw it up there on the show next week just to kill a little time. Uh, so don't forget to tune in next Sunday night to the pre-recorded show. And then we're back live on the 23rd, I believe it is, or the 24th, whatever that Sunday is, with Punky Meadows from Angel. I'm looking forward to that show, and Scott Board from Cerebus going to be a great one. And then we're off again the week after that because there's vacation time for me and the family. So one live show left this month, but two new ones. So come back every Sunday and listen in live. I want to thank our guests tonight. I want to thank Sue the Batlord Lawrence from Igniter and Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. Uh We'll close this out with one more tune. I also want to give uh, Bruce Moore a shout out and thank you. Bruce is uh, Bruce on Pure Grain Audio uh, he's putting out a, a, a documentary on extreme Christian metal bands, and he asked me to narrate the documentary. So I sent them over some uh, audio clips of the, the intro and a few other parts. Hopefully it'll be good enough for him to use. And if it is, I'll be recording the rest of it probably soon. If not, somebody else will be doing it. But check it out because Bruce is a great guy and everything he puts out is top quality. All right, let's wrap it up here today. Let's head up to Chicago. A little paradox. Live free or die. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday.